When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is gayish. The podcast that prefers beef Rarington. <laughs> Why does it sound so dirty? I don't even know what it means. Mm, mm, <laughs> I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. And we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And today... Sorry, England. Um, we're going to talk... <laughs> we're talking about virtual reality. We're talking about virtual reality, which we're recording remote today. That's kind of like virtual reality, but not really. Yeah, it's like it in a way that is not technically yeah. <laughs> it at all. But yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're taking advantage of technology that enables the technology that enables virtual reality. Yeah. Um, God, it's like Inception there. That was really good. Good, <laughs> Leo good onion peeling, Kyle. Yeah, sure. Um, I, can I do a quick correction? Yeah, I do a quick correction. Uh, you know the word that I was like, that I specifically said, I'm not mispronouncing this. Yeah. You were mispronouncing it. I mispronounced it. Um, it it is, uh, it is still weirdly uh, pronounced, but it, the word that you use both hands equally poorly is ambilivus. 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 It still sounds weird. It's the, the B and the L feel like they're out of order, but that's, that's what the word is. No one said anything about it. I was just because i took a while we were recording i couldn't find it on my page so i guessed at it and i thought i had it and that's mm-hmm. never a good idea i should yeah. but i appreciate I, I appreciate i appreciate your thoroughness kyle <laughs> yes that we often get that comment about our podcast <laughs> so thorough so detailed yeah uh yeah i do i have a quick correction also it's not really a correction I, an update whatever so this book that we got Mm-hmm. That is exactly the same as this book that you bought. Yes, it's very uh, helpful that you're holding them up for the audio podcast we do. It's because it's virtual reality, Kyle. I, I want you to know that. <laughs> well, I, not for anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it came from it came from young Nicholas. Nicholas, uh, who is part of the Big Fatty Online uh, uh, slash Pride Forty Eight uh, cast of characters. So yeah. Um, What's yeah, he's like, again? he's like, yeah, that was me. It's the Contemporary Dictionary of Sexual Euphemisms by Jordan Tate and not stolen from the <laughs> Hennepin County Library. Despite I don't the believe, stickers on it. <laughs> I don't believe that. It's very library-esque. We should, do, like, we should have our own little library system. That'd be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. You got to, like, I don't know, instead of overdue fees, just it's blowjobs. Do <laughs> you uh, know that they have libraries where you can, like, check out a person for 30 minutes like you can talk to them about their experiences about a specific thing there should yeah. be like a porn version like check out a bottom for 30 minutes oh okay okay uh li- li- library ass <laughs> last library live sex berry nope i got nothing i don't know what it's called yet but it's well we'll workshop that it's 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 the sound the solidness of the idea that counts first i think sure uh a couple of quick updates number one Mm. uh we will not be talking about jesse williams wang today uh (laughs) i just i just want everybody to know that wow a new story so big you're announcing that you're not talking about it yeah i mean you know yeah. Uh, okay. And, and number two, 
uh, updates on Madison Cawthorn. So the ongoing Ooh. saga of Madison Cawthorn, the North Carolina primary was last week, and he did not win his primary. So oh, no. he will be former Representative Madison Cawthorn just as soon as probably the Republican nominee uh, that beat him is uh, sworn in next January. And in addition to that, he is currently, uh, just today, they announced he is under formal investigation by the House Ethics Committee for further issues with the relationship between him and his staffer. This time about a bunch of cryptocurrency transactions that happened that he had insider trading information about. And uh, his his boyfriend, not boyfriend, whoever the fuck that guy is, <laughs> like, apparently has reaped a lot of benefits from, from all of this insider information. So among, we got many comments about that. One of them said that 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 guy is his like second cousin or something. Do you know right. if that's true? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've read that as well. I have not seen that like formally stated in a journalistic context that makes it uh, yeah. f- feel real like something I can repeat. So yeah, yeah, know. yeah. Discord does not make it real. Um, right. Right. Yeah. Okay. And now the news. Now the news. Shut your mouth hole, it's time for your ear holes. News, news, news. Uh, News the first. So a couple in Maryland, a lesbian couple in Maryland, uh, is claiming that a school has denied admission to their child because of their, quote, lifestyle. This kid is in sixth grade. And they say that uh, they I'll read you. I'll read you what it says. Here's what the rejection letter says. And then you can. Yeah. Uh, Dear names. Thank you very much for your interest in enrolling your child, Brayden, at Grace Academy. We appreciate your confidence and our ability to educate your child. Our admissions committee has reviewed the application and the information presented in the interview process. We regret to inform you that due to a lifestyle counter to the biblical worldview we teach, we have decided to deny enrollment to Grace Academy. It is our hope that your family will be blessed as you proceed with Brayden's education. Sorry, the dog here is very angry at homophobia. Yeah. Hey, come on. Yeah, you better hang your fucking head. <laughs> okay, sorry. So... Yeah, what do you what do you think? What do you think that says? I mean, unless there's anything else obvious, like they're Satanists or they, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like what other lifestyle things they could be referring to, but yeah, no, it's defo that they're lesbians. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, uh, uh, so it's it's Megan Stratton and Jennifer Dane are the the two moms here, and Dane. Or they mean like they object with the lifestyle choice of naming your kid Brayden. Like, you know what? (laughs) Come on, come on now. (laughs) We all we all know that's against God. You're supposed to be adults. Uh, uh, Dane is a disabled veteran and CEO of the LGBTQ plus veterans advocacy group, modern military association of America. So the school is denying that it's because they're lesbians. I don't get why you would even, I, I thought places have learned by now you don't include here's specifically why we're rejecting you. That just leaves it so open to lawsuits. Like, not that I want to tell people how to be homophobic better, but like, just be like, we're rejecting you. Yep. Yeah. That yeah. was, that was silly of them, but you know, put it in writing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Could it just, could it just have been like a bumper sticker that said no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just get in the mail. My child is not enrolled <laughs> at, at this high school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Proud parent of someone who doesn't go here. <laughs> um, 
The school said, quote, the decision of our admissions committee was based upon our understanding of whether the prospective family was actively pursuing a relationship with Christ. If your prospective family is not attending church, praying, reading the Bible, or taking other outward steps in the exercise of their faith, then we consider that lifestyle to be a lifestyle counter to the biblical worldview we teach. They're saying it's because they don't go to church and pray enough. It has nothing to do with the 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 the, the scissoring. So, and 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 of course, that's that's bullshit. The the moms are pointing out that uh, there are several families in that school that are still married, but the husband is living with his girlfriend who is fathering her child. That is adultery. Um, and they're just, it's just fucked up, Kyle. This is another one of those examples of like, they fucked up and they know they fucked up. So now they're trying to lie their way out of the fuck up. Mm. Yeah. 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 And why not just say it's because you're lesbians? Like, I don't understand. Like this is a country in which I think you could get away with that now. <laughs> I mean, it, it, if you believe it that strongly, then shouldn't you just admit it if you think it's against god like you shouldn't have to lie about it you should you should be able to like own up to your bullshit yep yep anyway i hope that brayden is okay he's apparently obviously very upset because his friends go there mm-hmm. and uh um anyway sorry sorry family go somewhere that doesn't suck mike what other than scissoring what are lesbians favorite activity I think horoscopes. Oh, <laughs> okay, that's true. Third favorite, Braden. Braden. <laughs> I don't know if that was worth it. That might get cut. Okay, that was great. All right, uh, news the second. Great. So, what do you know about monkeypox, Kyle? Ooh, outbreak. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, period. End of end of knowledge. Great. Yeah. So monkeypox is uh, mostly a problem in the part in Central and West Africa, but there have now been cases found in mainland Europe, as well as at least nine cases detected in the United Kingdom. And uh, the UK is noting that most of the cases, and this is where it gets interesting, have been predominantly found in gay and bisexual men. Now, you need to make a distinction between a sexually transmitted infection and a disease that isn't necessarily sexually transmitted, but having sex can do it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so, so monkeypox is a virus and it causes skin lesions and other like systemic problems. But mostly the, the, the big the big thing is is these these really gross looking or uh, lesions that that erupt it's typically not fatal like a lot of viruses it's there there are exceptions of course but there's this really very real concern that early indicators that it's spreading among the gay and bisexual men community that brings up the specter of hiv aids and and uh it being labeled quote the gay disease mm-hmm. and governments and and societies not taking it seriously because of that mm, yeah and so, yeah, there, there's some some real concerns that it's going to be weaponized against LGBTQ plus people. So Dr. Snap, which that's a made up name. Wow. <laughs> says it's highly unlikely that people will become seriously sick. Quote, people will be anxious, especially after what we've been through over the last two years with COVID. As a general rule, it's very unlikely you'll become unwell with monkeypox. The vast majority of people who get this have a small self-limiting viral illness and then have some lesions on the skin, which eventually scab over and go away. 
There is no danger in terms of your long-term health. There are no major complications. And really the reason for the fuss around it is that it's an imported infection because traditionally we don't have cases of monkeypox in the UK. I would say not to worry about it. If you do get it, you're going to be fine. You just need to seek the most appropriate healthcare advice if that happens. So, so yeah, I, I don't think it has been here in the United States quite yet, but like a lot of things... Oh, sorry. Fuck, fuck my ass, Kyle. I'm incorrect. The Massachusetts Department of Public Health has confirmed that a man who recently traveled to Canada has it. But uh, but don't panic. Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I, that, that line never, never helps make everything feel better. Right, yeah. Don't no. panic is never like, oh, that's fine. Just wear a full body condom for everything. I already and, do that. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. Just dip myself in latex paint and then... <laughs> uh mike what are straight men's second and third favorite activities after sex do snap (laughs) is it gonna be this kind of episode guy i don't know we'll see we'll see if i get three for three after the next news story (laughs) great all right um be careful everybody don't don't bang monkeys um okay (sighs) news the last so Dr. Yashika Robinson, who is, was speaking in front of the House Judiciary Committee about abortion rights, uh, was just treated very, very poorly by a Republican congressman. And I know that that's wow. not surprising at all. But uh, uh, North Carolina Republican Representative Dan Bishop asked the doctor to define the word woman. Ooh, this is a new technique that we're seeing on the right, especially in congressional hearings, because in congress you can you can you can just be as shitty as you want to i guess but uh we've talked about roe v wade and that it's looking like abortion rights as a federal right that covers the whole country is likely to be struck down by the court here coming up in june this hearing was called quote revoking your rights the ongoing crisis in abortion care access and it explored the implications of overturning roe v wade and dr yashika robinson is a board certified OBGYN and a board member with physicians for reproductive health so Dr. Robinson was talking about the difficulties already faced by pregnant people across the United States. And of course, that is a trigger phrase now for the right to say pregnant Mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. So then Representative Dan Bishop said, quote, in your written testimony, I noticed that you said that you use she, her pronouns. You're a medical doctor. What's a woman? And Dr. Robinson began to tell Bishop, quote, it's important for you to understand why I said I use she, her pronouns. And then he interrupted her and said, (laughs) what is a woman? (laughs) Which it's unfortunate to me just how fucking rude and interrupty congressmen get to be because they're scoring points. Anyway, she said, quote, I think it's important that we educate people like you about why (laughs) we're doing the things that we do. So the reason I use she and her pronouns is because I understand that there are people who become pregnant that may not identify that way. And I think it is discriminatory to speak to people or to call them in such a way as they desire not to be called. It's important that we respect each individual person. He asked her again, can you answer my question of what is a woman? She said, I am a woman. And he said, is that as comprehensive of a definition as you can give me? And she said, quote, that's as comprehensive of a definition as I will give you today, because I think that it's important that we focus on what we're here for. And that's to talk about access to abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I, I love that she I, I love I love that she shut him down. You know, I think it, like 
it's just like I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to play this game with you. Like you're asking a question to get a specific answer so that you can fight about it, and I don't want to do that. I like people yeah. that are just like I'm not going to do this with you. I'm. It's just like the same way that online we kind of know people that are saying things or asking things that uh, are not in good faith and just want to start a fight. And more and more, I've been people see, like replying like, "Hey." I know you're looking for a fight and we're just not going to do that right now and give you time and attention. Like, yep. uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that, that approach. I feel like you, the, we're uh, getting better at understanding. Like I don't have to answer your question because you're not genuinely trying to learn information. You're right. trying to take me out down into a fight and that's not going to be useful to anyone. And that's not what we're here to talk about. So it's, yeah. 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 Well, and, and of course, they're on the lookout for her to say, no, I can't define it. So they're like, oh, they don't even know what a woman is. And yeah, and they yeah. and and she also can't just refuse to comply. Right. Like mm. that's I, I just I thought this was masterfully done. And mm. um, I, I'm hoping to learn some some things from her approach to this fuck face asshole dick bag. <laughs> um, that's the news. That's the news. Uh, people that are not fuck face asshole dick bags are the following Patreon members. Thank Allegedly. You. Uh, well, that's true. We have not individually researched each of you yet. Uh, so for now in good standing are Mason Woods, Harry mm-hmm. Shaw, Eric Dowdy, and Yo Stoisel. Thank you, yo, for messaging me, taking the big risk and messaging me how to pronounce your name. I did actually read it, but don't get too comfortable, everybody. But I think you, <laughs> That's, yeah, I think you got the yo part right. I don't know about yeah. that last part. But. Well, uh, yo only sent me the pronunciation of the first name. So you know what? That's yo's fault. Yeah. Yo, 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 yo. Um, if you want to join and support us, uh, go to patreon.com slash podcast, get bonus episode content and you support our, uh, our mission of giving the good people, the audio products that they deserve. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> Do you want to talk about virtual reality? Let's talk about virtual reality. So this is the result of our... Gap Bridger poll for the yeah. month of May, and uh, virtual reality was mine. I win. Yeah, boy, did my topics get a whomping. <laughs> it yeah. was not even. Cl- I think this is the worst defeat since uh, <laughs> I don't know some other defeat that was very bad. I'm sorry I railed you so hard, Kyle. I usually I don't mind, but <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I mean, just to put it out there, uh, for me, I think of crypto as being such a bro thing. Yeah. But, you know, you'll never know the data or studies to prove whether or not that's true. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll just have to go with Mike's topic instead. Yep. Virtual reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to do you want to start? Uh, yeah, sure. I'm going to talk to you about the history of virtual reality. So sure. if you had to. OK, so first of all, v- virtual reality or VR, as the kids call it. Oh, great. Um, is is quote a simulated experience that can be similar to or completely different from the real world which that like <laughs> <laughs> it's either completely this or not at all yeah <laughs> um but most of the time when we think about vr we are thinking about a computer generated environment of some kind where you wear a goofy thing on your head to like be immersed <laughs> in it. it like does that does that jive with your general understanding yeah i mean the biggest thing that i saw that was like trying to make sure it, it's not like an overlay like phones and other technology can do overlays on top of the real world augmented reality but this is different in that you are completely immersed in a virtual world yeah do you remember google glass and how fucking creepy it was I 
I remember it like, yeah, they, they really took a swing and it didn't, they thought they were going to be like the next hit and here we are glasses less in the year 2022. So it didn't really catch on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, um, there was, there was a guy at work, um, back in the day who was like a gadgety tech bro kind, except he wasn't mm-hmm. really a tech bro because he was also like older. He was like in his fifties, which I don't know. I, I think you age out of broiness. At least this guy, you know, Hmm. kind of kind of did but uh he and another engineer got in a fight because he refused to take off his google glass he's like it's not (laughs) it's not on and he's like well how do i know it's not on like how do i know you're not recording me take that shit off your face and uh it it brings up some interesting questions i think about wow i mean like these days you're probably being recorded if you're in a public space yeah the idea that google glass would be the glass glasses Google, Google Glass. I think it's Google Glass is what I remember it being called. Okay. But that doesn't mean um, that's true. Yeah. I don't know. There's pl- there's so many other ways for you to be surreptitiously recorded if you have laptops there. Like, does everyone have to turn off their laptops too? I don't know. People always just get scared of the, whatever the new technology is. And, you know, it's not always without cause. But it's just like anytime anything's new, it's like, is recording you a new possibility? Or is it just new to you? And that's why you notice it. Yep. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. Well, so the word virtual has been around for a really long time. To oh, mean, wow. We're really breaking like, it down. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. To, to, to be, yeah. That comes from like the mid 1400s, give or take. Um, but uh, it, it's really only applied to the computer sense, like software since 1959. Um, what was virtual before it was about computers? Uh, that it's, quote, being something in essence or effect though not actually or in fact. So like how God isn't real, but people think he is? Is he virtual? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't totally understand that definition, but I don't live in their, their times, so I guess I don't need to. Um, I, then, so I do want to talk about this Antonine Artaud character. Who, oh, sure, I did too. Oh, he, he, invented, he invented the phrase virtual reality. I was lying, so... Oh, well, okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. Good for him. Yeah, well, it was French, though. Oh, never mind. Le réalité virtuelle. <laughs> but then when, when, that, when his book was translated into English in 1958, that is the earliest published use of the term virtual reality uh, in English. So, hmm. And then, uh, of course, science fiction picks up on it. And uh, then, according to Wikipedia, widespread adaption of the term virtual reality in popular media is attributed to Jaron Lanier, who in the late 1980s designed some of the first business-grade VR hardware under his firm, wait for it, VPL Research. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I have a company called that, too. (laughs) I work there all the time. (laughs) Every day. Put in long, hard hours in VPL research. I get it. Uh, And uh, and the 1992 film Lawnmower Man. Did you see Lawnmower Man? No. I I mean, I I remember not seeing it because it was scary. And now I kind of want to go back and see it. Because I was like 14. That's like, it's on the cusp of... um, you know, age appropriate or whatever, but it was, it was a science fiction horror film uh, directed by Brett Leonard. And it's about a, a intellectually disabled gardener and this scientist that tries to use virtual reality technology to make him smarter. Hmm. And then like it works too good and he gets real smart and becomes oh. like a cyber God or whatever. Anyway, 
it was it was uh it was it was weird and very like 90s um, so was i <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> i haven't seen it but i'm gonna and then i i also i wanted to talk about the first vr headset okay yeah apparently this thing this thing was massive and <laughs> uh it was it was being uh developed in the the 1960s and it was created in 1968 by computer scientist Ivan Sutherland with the help of his students, Bob Spruill, Quentin Foster, and Danny Cohen. And they, they, uh, this, this thing, this thing was massive. And because it wasn't actually mobile, it was connected to the ceiling by a big old string because Ooh. it was, it had to in part help, uh, support it because it was so heavy that it would like crush somebody if they put it on. Oh boy! It was just a like, huge, uh, you know, piece piece of equipment, and so that's uh, how it got the nickname the Sword of Damocles. Which the Sword of Damocles is from is from Greek mythology and uh, how how Damocles like hung a sword from uh, a single hair from a horse's tail to the ceiling and said that being a king is like sitting underneath of that sword. Like it could, it could break at any minute. And then like, you're, you're going to get stabbed in the head by a sword. Anyway, that's what the, my dick's nickname is. So I the, get it. The sword of Damocles. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Boy can right. fall and crash at any point in time. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> uh, it, it's super interesting to me that we were, we were like, you know, experimenting with this stuff so early like do you remember any of the the the, the early attempts at at vr because i feel like it was in the 90s that we started getting excited about it and it just has been mm. shitty no i don't think i remember any of the, i think google glass is the first time my glasses is the first time i remember anything i mean but yeah clearly that was like they tried to make it mainstream so i know they have to be like experimenting and trying shit leading up to that but no i don't remember any of this mm. okay well there were there were some fairly early, especially like uh, video games, right? Like there were there were some attempts to enclose you in, uh, like put put goggles on, you know, things like that that were more or less successful at at doing what we now think of as virtual reality. Like there are a lot of like race car games, I think that sort of fit hmm. right because you're you're sitting in a car like thing and you're manipulating car ish controls, but it's the monitors and the sound that try to create like an immersive experience for you or whatever. Um, and then there are like examples too of like movies. Like there's this guy, this dude, Morton Heilig, who is super interesting. Uh, he was interested in making movies, but having those movies be like all of the senses, like he was trying to figure out how to like pump smells into the, the theater so that you could have that, uh, as part of the experience and you know vibrations in the chair and like if there's a rainstorm like spraying water on people shit like that don't they have these, like 4d movies nowadays they do that's coming back right like <laughs> this this was in the 1950s and 60s that he was <laughs> trying to do this stuff but uh, now i think like arguably we are starting to have the technology that we can actually make some of these things happen in yeah right when in, no one's going to the theaters it's like <laughs> maybe that's the way to try to get people to actually go to a theaters to do more shit because otherwise people just want to watch it at home yeah 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 and and speaking of doing it at home you know the <laughs> the, the 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 oculus which is facebook slash meta's virtual reality technology is is gaining in popularity and has been around now for for a few years and it, it seems it and other 
uh, devices like it, the HTC Viva and, um, gosh, what's that other one? Uh, Valve had one, right? Is it just the Valve Index? Yeah, Valve Index. But yeah, like like things have gotten portable and good enough and cheap enough that like people are starting to have full virtual reality experiences in the comfort of their own home and it's getting it's getting it's getting better. So meta and its whole metaverse thing of like we're all going to be living in these weird like virtual worlds um is uh you know it it just might actually happen and I think the the implications for that for society are going to be pretty pretty crazy. Yeah, I think that's it for now. Did you find anything gayish in your pursuit of the history? I tr- I looked I mm. looked for some gays, mm. but I think that there's plenty of gay shit in there because, as you're going to talk about, I think like anytime there's new technology for like telecommunications, it's 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 always porn forward, and 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 gay porn is always in the mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, not not. Uh, specifically gay, but yeah, I'm going to talk more about just technology and porn are extremely interconnected. So um, I just picked out a few examples of how uh, porn has forwarded the advancement of technology. And it's, 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 I think it's so interesting because porn is one of those things, a lot like, you know, just sex in general, that is not classy to talk about that you have to pretend like everyone or near everyone watches or consumes in some way. And you're not supposed to admit it. It's just one of those pervasive things that like we all just kind of pretend isn't there and it's vital in driving forward technology. So uh, a couple examples, the uh, VHS versus Betamax in the 1970s was a war between two competing standards. And this uh, person, Patchen Bars. He has written a lot about porn's effect on mass communications. He wrote a book called The Erotic Engine. Mm. Mm. Um, And he said, without porn, there is a very good chance that the VCR might have never taken off. So the VCR, originally, people that were into porn, it was nice to be able to watch porn from home instead of watching it at a theater. And even though Betamax uh, had higher quality uh, VHS tapes could, like me, last three times longer. Um, <laughs> and uh, Sony made a decision to not allow porn on the Betamax format. So that decision is one of the things that they say, like, in spite of higher quality, contributed to the fact that VHS was the standard that then picked up and grew, and and uh, Betamax did not. Um, yeah, I remember Beta, and I, I remember all of the Beta fans out there that were like, it's 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 clearly better than VHS. It just is. What the fuck is wrong with all of you people? And like, yeah, yeah but you, you can't. You, we need we need we need the prawn. Yeah, in there. We need the prawn. <laughs> yeah. You see, the por- porn is very commonly misspelled prawn. Oh, no, that makes it sound so cute. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the uh, the the beta cucks, as I like to call them, didn't yeah. didn't win out in that. Um, that's what they're referring to, beta cucks, right? They're the people that advocated for beta. As the okay, um, by the, by the end of the nineteen seventies. Erotic films. I could tell if this article intentionally, like, or if erotic films is a category, or if they just couldn't keep using the word porn over and over and had to change it up a little bit. Anyway, (laughs) erotic films were over 50% of all videotape sales in the US and in Germany. That they knew about. 
that that's yeah um and in germany and great britain uh it was over 80 percent good work tape sales you know i see germans and britons as being kind of horny so that makes sense to me (laughs) other examples closed captioning apparently porn companies invested in software to help automate the placement of closed captioning because more than a film it's like (laughs) it's important where that closed captioning gets placed if dialogue and plot is important to you, as it is to me, but you, but you you you're hearing impaired, like I imagine, I imagine some closed captioning in your porn would be super valuable. Well, not just hearing impaired. If you like many people, keep it muted because <laughs> you don't want oh, other people yeah. to hear it. Yeah, That's a, um, I just uh, I didn't read anything more, but there was uh, I just saw a recent news story that some deaf guy was suing Pornhub for not having closed captioning. So I don't know. <laughs> um, electronic payments in the mid 90s. Richard Gordon founded the company Electronic Card Systems. Um, and that uh, <laughs> what did you say? Card systems? Yeah, I heard well, hard. Electronic, oh sure, electronic hard systems. Electronic hard systems. That's yeah, maybe the maybe they can reality. team up with with VPL there, VPL yeah. research, and um, uh, that was uh, electronic payments for porn sites, and apparently a, a lot of sites. There, uh, I read a lot of sites to kind of get some of the um, commonly mentioned things, and this was mentioned a lot that the the reason we have electronic payments is thanks to uh, the, the advent of this uh, company. Um, apparently when the Pam and Tommy Lee sex tape came out in 1998, oh, yeah. Richard Gordon took a commission off of the sales of those because they were used electronic payments. Um, and so he made a fuck ton of money during that whole thing. Okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should have talked about Jesse Williams Wang, like the, 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 I just the sex tape like did the did they know were they in on it, it, it like it, how mm. are they compensated for that is it okay for us to consume that content like there's just so like anyway go ahead sorry wait what do you think Jesse Williams was in on this I if not him then maybe his people like huh you think they orchestrated the film the filming of it and the release of it to like do like for a PR stunt, maybe. I mean, Jesse Williams hasn't been in the news for like however long. It was off Grey's Anatomy, however many years ago, and like the, maybe this show isn't doing so hot. So like, like let's let's talk about his dick and put it out there. Like, <laughs> I mean, okay, but like the public statements he's made are that it was a violation and it sucks. So is I I just feel like the the theory that it might be him being the one doing it is a little bit of. I would be willing to believe that he didn't do it, but like, I don't believe that his people. May... I, I don't know. I, I think the jury is out on his people. That's all. Hmm. Look, I, like, just... I, I think that the stereotype of like the publicist that will do anything to make their client yeah. famous, like I, I think is, is partially based in reality. Hmm. I don't know. That just feels like, oh, you did it on purpose. Like something that's violating and exposing and uh, like takes advantage of a person to then be like, oh, but it, it it's it, you, it, it, you did it yourself or you got notoriety from it. So it's okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't like that kind of vibe that yeah. I, I, I think that especially because 
at least publicly, at least as far as we know, that was not intentionally released by him and he did not authorize it and was not like, did not welcome it that I feel really weird about looking at media or consuming his dick. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. Just like I feel weird about, um, I have belonged to and then left Facebook groups or things where people take like uh, secret photos of like hot dudes at places yeah. and then post them, and that just feels really weird. You don't, I don't think you have. Uh, I think legally you don't. There's no expectation of privacy when you're in a public space, so it's not that you should expect. It's not that it's illegal or anything. It just feels weird to post random guys that I don't know. Well, so the Tommy Lee sex tape, like (laughs) that, that, that world, like everybody had access to that thing. And like the internet wasn't really that big of a thing at that stage. Like it was mostly VHS tapes, if I, if I remember right. And, but like you could legit like call an 800 number and have them ship you a shrink wrapped, like here's, here's the tape. (laughs) And I, that, that seems so super problematic. Like like in in a digital world, like we're in now, things get shared and copied and, and like, it's so much it's so much easier but back then without that infrastructure in place it was like there's a lot of evil like shady shit going on other things similar to the vhs versus betamax kind of uh uh industry war uh the hd dvd versus blu-ray um even though hd dvd was technically a higher quality the porn industry standard became blu-ray for high definition and that led to blu-ray winning out so it's kind of like it's like porn kind of picks the winners uh uh, digitally there's plenty of other things on the internet that i can talk about Uh, apparently 30 percent uh of porn or of web content is porn so like the internet is so much porn um uh, things like pop-up ads or banner ads like porn was among the first like iterations of those um but to the topic virtual reality porn is also a uh, early adopter and driver of of uh, virtual virtual reality Uh, a porn hub virtual reality category started in 2016 and Pornhub Insights, uh, which I love, uh, said the the Christmas of 2016, uh, the day of, there was this big spike in views of virtual reality porn because, you know, as they uh, guessed, that people got VR headsets for Christmas. And yeah, then yeah. after, you can see the before and after daily views of v- their VR porn category, it's like double. So like after that Christmas day, then the overall trend of daily views of it stays up and remains up in yeah. 2017. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the global value of the VR adult content market in 2021 was 700,000 in the U S and, uh, or sorry, U S dollars. Um, and by 2026 is estimated that it will be 19 billion. So Lord. they are really expecting a big growth in VR porn. And all of this, Goes to say that, um, so back to Dudeski that, or I just assumed his general, I don't know, uh, Patchen Bars, uh, who writes about technology and, and porn, said, quote, pornography experts, nope, pornography exerts a disproportionate influence over technologies at the stage when they are new and glitchy and expensive and difficult to use. They create an initial market that allows them to develop to the point where they're ready for the mainstream. So porn is on the cutting edge of technology. People are willing to pay for things that are 
of a relating to porn. <laughs> they, they, there's money there. Um, mm-hmm. And they're, they, we, I guess, are willing to accept glitches or new technologies uh, because, I guess, because it gives us fun new orgasms. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so these things are very much connected. I have, I have more about uh, gay porn and VR specifically. I think in the uh, Patreon segment, we're going to play a little, a little game about the the plot of some vr porns <laughs> some Ooh, gay vr porns but I, I love me some plot kyle you boy do you um but yeah that that's all for now i it's i, I think it's it sucks that or it not sucks it just it speaks to our society's lack of willingness to talk about sex and sexual topics uh, that you know contributes to this is it's huge that por- porn is a huge contributor to technology and the development of technology. And, you know, how often will we talk about that and how often will people admit that it's there, that it contributes to that? And and how many laws do we make trying to regulate porn and porn consumption, even though everyone does it? It's just yeah. it, it's it's one of the most pervasive things that we don't let people talk about. And I think our discomfort with talking about sex also leads to our discomfort of talking about sexuality as well and contributes to people just thinking that gay people all all it is is sex that's the only thing they know about they i don't know i think all of this is is connected yeah oh absolutely it, it, it absolutely is and i was reading about something i never really considered have you have you done virtual reality porn at all no I mean, I've, I've seen videos of it where you can like click around and and get the experience of looking around um but that's about it yeah and and me neither and, and so i i thought it was really interesting uh one of the one of the articles i was reading talked about how how vulnerable it is because you're putting your whole head into a thing that like blocks out like you can't see who's coming in the room while you're jerking off and you probably also have headphones in mm. that are making the sounds happen so like you are you two of your senses are otherwise engaged while you're jerking off and that that's a really unless you have like uh, you don't have roommates or <laughs> or, or very understanding spouse is what they what they what they said <laughs> then like it's it's a very um it's a vulnerable it's a vulnerable mode and uh, so there, there's both VR porn and also gay porn where the premise is based on someone using VR, but it is not – the porn itself is not shot VR. It is that someone in the porn is using VR. And so many of those that I've seen in, involve someone – taking advantage is the nicest way you can say that taking advantage of someone else using the VR. It's like it, it sets, if if you're not actually shooting something like a gay porn in VR, if you're, if just the premise is it, that just basically sets up a scenario where it's someone that's like, Oh, he was had on his VR headset. So I blew him. And it's like, that's, I mean, I know this is porn. So it's a fictional scenario, but in this fictional scenario, like you raped them. So I guess that's hot, but I don't know. I think it sets up this way that, uh, I don't know. It sets up this non-consensual scenario that I guess makes it feel less weird than if it was just outright. I I don't know. It's very odd seeing porn, like gay porn like that. I did have somebody on grinder say that they wanted me to blow them while they were in a VR headset oh wow and i was like that's not for me but somebody would be super into that 
Boy, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I would be defo down. Also, that <laughs> that's like a great, you know, like we've been doing things like that. Like, you know, I'm going to be blindfolded or I'm going to be like uh, ass up or whatever. You know, that's yeah. like one more one more way we can kind of that that but that like setting up a that's the way to do like you set up a consensual scenario where everyone knows what's going on not like the porn does it right right yeah yeah yeah. there's also um a connection uh that uh, there's there's all these studies that say lgbt people are more likely to have higher incomes and are earlier adapters of technology and so i think there and we're also higher porn users and I, I think there's a connection between all of that but um yeah i didn't dig it too far into that because sometimes i feel like the the assumption that uh, lgbt people are are higher income sometimes just take the like cis and white people they like kind of you know how many studies have we looked at that are like oh whoops this is mostly white people or like there's no right. trans people including this or this is you know right. some of those scenarios right. that i think you you if you dissect it a little further, like there are people that have higher income, but, but to then generalize that for the whole community leaves out yep. so many people that are, you know, either don't, don't have a home anymore or, or are, can't find jobs because of their identity anyway. But I don't know. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And um, yeah, <laughs> it's good. It's good to be aware of those things. Some studies I think have gotten better lately about saying that, like we recognize mm. that like it was all white people. Sorry about it. Like hopefully. Yeah. The, yeah. The downside of studies that hopefully they explicitly recognize that and put that up front. Also, if that's the only data that people have available, then to generalize LGBT community like that and to treat our community like a monolith, you know, no community loves that. Um, also there's like, man, there's a reason we have all those letters because there's so many different identities mm -hmm. and groups within that. And then you add the layer of race or profession or, you know, so many things that make it, that's like the reason intersectionality was born is, is to talk about some of this. Like it, it's not just you're black and you're gay and just add those two identities together. And those are, that's what you're, that's, you know, defines you. It's like, they're completely unique challenges that, black gay people phase you know yep anyway sure. that that's the random musings i had about <laughs> that that looking at technology and porn led me to that instead of coming up with something formal and thoughtful i just went from my brain into the podcast Great. and said Excellent. it all in a roundabout way that hopefully made sense you did it i did it yeah uh well i wanted to talk to you about virtual reality therapy okay yeah so apparently Putting on a VR headset and doing stuff in a virtual way is being used pretty successfully by uh, therapists for for a whole bunch of different kinds of, of therapy. Oh, when you when you said this when we were like just planning out what we were doing, in my mind I just thought of like I put on a headset and now it looks like I'm in the room with my therapist. But now the, the way you say that makes me realize there's probably a lot more to it than like ooh virtual reality. I'm on a couch, you know, yeah. like yeah, you know, th well this is this is this is more like exposure therapy. For instance, mm. somebody who is like super afraid of heights in a virtual way, which is already sort of maybe safer. 
you can you can gradually expose them to higher and higher heights and desensitize that that trigger fear response. Hmm. Similarly, uh, public speaking is something mm. that virtual reality exposure therapy has been has been successful in in treating. And uh, you know, like make a virtual crowd that only has like a handful of people in it. Uh, you can increase the number of people and 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 work on desensitizing that and then you can make them all naked and then you're on your way to a vr porn right (laughs) also claustrophobia Uh, same thing like bring the walls in slower and slower yeah and then Um, make everyone naked and then make everyone naked (laughs) my therapist is like kyle we're working on your issues stop making everyone naked and fucking them (laughs) we're working on real hard-hitting issues i'm like so is he uh, they've also done things like put commonly feared animals like spiders or snakes or whatever into a virtual environment instead of the the real animal. And uh, and then and then PTSD. So depending mm. on what the trigger was, you know, whatever the event was that was traumatic, they're more or less easy to recreate in a virtual environment. But doing so and, and you know, reliving it in a controlled way or maybe a subdued way or in a repeated way can help people work through that stuff. Okay, now we're going to get to the 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 other the other stuff. So, depression apparently is something that they're working on using. There's a game called Sparks that has a number of features to help combat depression and that you take on the role of a character who travels through a fantasy world and you combat literal negative thoughts and learn techniques to manage your depression in like in a video game sort of way. Hmm. this is where it gets crazy to me and (laughs) like it it all makes so much sense but i just never thought about it this way when you play a video game and a virtual reality video game is no different a lot of times you put together your character and you get to decide like what you look like and and your your things about your body and you can you can change all of the stuff to make your avatar and virtual reality things that aren't video games like like communities like second life and whatever the metaverse shit is that's going on over at facebook but like you put together an avatar apparently it is super effective at treating gender dysphoria yeah so so trans people who are at issue with their physical body compared to their identity get lots of benefits out of in a virtual environment presenting the outward appearance and gender that they identify with. I don't know about you, but that just fucking blew my mind that, that like it's, it's just, it's because I'm cis and don't have to like deal with, you know, feeling like I have the wrong body, but being able to interact in a virtual world in the right body is just transformative for a lot of these people. Yeah. No, I, I came across that. Um, I'll talk about other good and bad things about VR for, for the LGBT community, but that was definitely one of them is, yeah, the ability to experiment um, in a safe way, hopeful, you know, hopefully to, there's a lot that then companies uh, owe to, to make sure that your safety is there. But, but yeah, that's a really cool, unique thing. I just, they're part of me again, like I, I also think we, any new technology, everyone is all scared of it, even though, I don't know, every new technology, everyone's always scared of it. You know, if if you have this euphoria that is created or, you know, not just trans people, but anyone that ha- experiences these good things that um, in a virtual reality world, what's the benefit in 
existing in the real world. Like yeah. if, if you have, uh, and, and sometimes the real world sucks. So like maybe it's helpful to have a place that it, that feels good and safe. And, um, yeah, I guess this is what like Wally was based <laughs> the movie Wally, but yeah. I mean, it, there's, uh, gender dysphoria people who experience gender dysphoria i i have not experienced it so i like am nervous to talk about other people's experiences but it is reportedly profoundly uncomfortable and the ability to treat that awful feeling even if only temporarily even if only virtually is is a huge benefit yeah right like i i i think about you know if if like if there's a physical sensation that gets described of just really being highly uncomfortable or even painful and, 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 and being able to make that go away uh, uh, is super interesting. I also thought there was, um, there was an interview, uh, this person named Zambina uh, who said in uh, this study, it's uh, the, the impact of virtual reality on the expression of gender identity. And uh, there is a, she said, quote, it's so therapeutic to look in the mirror and see a girl, even if it's virtual. Hmm. And she goes on to talk about how she is in the closet, that she lives with her family who is not supportive. I got the impression that she was in high school, but I don't think that her age was ever actually said in, in the discussion here. But how uh, having such a non-supportive family lots of dead naming lots of refusal to use names and pronouns correctly for this person she could go into this oculus vr experience and the family can't see that like <laughs> to them she's just laying on her bed with a with a with a thing on her head yeah and meanwhile she's plugged into this other reality that's super helpful and therapeutic for her and i i just thought i thought it was really interesting like it's like it's like a closet that has the right clothes in it like and if that's if that's what you need to get through yeah. your your growing up experience then like why not use that tool right yeah that totally makes sense of especially if you can't uh in the outside world uh kind of experience that but and i'm sure there's i think those tend to be the um there's also people that you know it's still hard regardless of whether you're in a unsupportive environment. Like it's still hard for people, even, you know, with the most support possible, it still sucks and is hard. And so having you know, some kind of escape or hope or place that you can go to lift that feeling. I think sometimes we, we get stuck with, you know, me with depression. Like it, sometimes you just don't even realize how bad it is. Cause that's just how it's been. So having something to compare to, to be like, Oh, like this could be so much better. Like there's, this feeling exists out there can, can give you hope. And, um, yeah. 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 Yeah, That's, that's, that's all I need to say about that. Just like virtual reality, I think it gets, gets associated with the global takeover of our universe by Facebook, a a colossal, (laughs) a colossal waste of time, glorified video games, nothing but a porn vehicle. And, you know, we can, we can debate all of those things if you want to, but there's also this like shining example of it in a controlled, useful way is really helping people and i i think i think it's it's pretty fucking cool 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is, I think, uh, leads nicely into, I'm going to talk about some of the pros and cons of virtual reality, specifically for the LGBT communities. Great. So that's a great example of one of the benefits that, yeah, uh, that maybe some cis people wouldn't think about that are available. And I mean, you know, LGBT people face higher rates of depression and and mental issues. So overall, any kind of therapy is going to disproportionately help us. But I'll talk more about some of the good and the bad. I got uh, most of these from a article on arpost.co written by Carlos Gutierrez. So general things that they talk about, not specific LGBT people, um, new ways to uh, remotely collaborate with people, accessibility of healthcare and education, uh, new ways to meet people. Um, all of those, I think you could say very, could disproportionately benefit LGBT people, especially like health, accessibility of healthcare and education. Um, when you, any kind of group who has disproportionately less access to inclusive or supportive healthcare or education would benefit from, from more of that. But, um, uh, but I'll read you some more specific things for us and would be interested, Mike, if, if you have, uh, more thoughts or ideas on other value it can provide to LGBT people. Um, I will, one, gi- I, I will give you my opinions on my podcast. Great. That's, <laughs> that's ideal for all of us. Um, um, well, just cause like, I just, there are a few things here, but I think there's probably a much bigger list that, that Carlos did not expand on. Um, sure. but, uh, virtual pride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, pride, of course, can be limited to either bigger cities or cities that are more inclusive and supportive. So smaller cities, smaller communities, communities, uh, countries or communities where uh, they don't have the um, support that is needed for a pride yep. can can be challenging. So I read about this article led me to um, Google did a 2016 event hashtag pride for everyone where it did like VR uh, like event where people could do a virtual pride march and, and parade. And I, and I do think there are a lot of things that are like, well, what's the difference between VR and just, you know, attending something virtually, you know, like through our existing technology. And I do think the idea of a pride and f- feeling you know, watching a documentary or doing a, like attending a speaker session or doing something, you know, remotely, it, it's very different than the actual physically being there, looking around, seeing other people. I think there is, I think VR would lend itself very well to a pride event and, yeah. and immersing yourself feeling, I think that could really help you feel like you're a, more of a part of the community by feeling like you're physically there. So, yeah. well, so like World of Warcraft, one of the <laughs> servers has a pride parade and everybody gets their character all dressed up and they stage it and then they like march through together in this this virtual environment. And I, I don't know how good the integration is for like a virtual reality headset for it to be like virtual reality. But the yeah. game is very immersive and it can feel like you are in it while you're yeah. like playing. Like, for instance, I'm a little bit afraid of heights in World of Warcraft. Like it like it feels like at least real enough for me to like my heart, my stomach drops like when I fall from a really high distance and then I die and then like but I come right back to life. So like that yeah. part's pretty great. But yeah. um but like you know, it it's it's virtual reality adjacent and there's this super ass awesome pride parade and people get really into it and maybe they're in some random place that doesn't have a pride parade or they feel like they can't actually go because they don't have the support that they need i think you know 
these kinds of things are probably super awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think, um, well, we've just now kind of gotten there. I think just with the digital spaces where people like your online persona, things you do say, like you exist there, that's real life. Like I get that it feels like you're a different persona, but I think we're finally like, if you get bullied online, that's actual bullying. Like you are mm-hmm. being bullied as a person or yeah. like just because you're anonymous doesn't mean that things don't affect people. And what you're describing, like you have a physical sensation from something you're doing online. Like it is real. There are, there are real effects of things you do in virtual spaces. So I think that's a great example to show that like feeling like virtual reality, feeling like you're attending there, there's something physical that that's, it's more, it's not just like a fake, you know, whatever you're, it can really have effects on the human person that's, that's sitting there. This I, I also thought was not mentioned in the article, but I I did not see any news about it continuing on since then. And and I think I probably have jumped really hard in the like corporations are bad for pride or or shit talking it. Like there's there's some really cool things that this does. Also, one of the, I think one of the downsides to remember about corporations being involved in pride is it is not their number one goal is not pride or LGBT inclusivity. So it's, you know, I didn't see any events since then. They don't have a any kind of obligation to continue this process going. If, you know, unlike Pride, if one year it's bad or, you know, during the pandemic, things had to shut shut down because and we don't have our, our actual Pride parades, like they will come back. We will keep doing them. We don't we don't need money is not the end goal. These, these events, these things will continue to be there because the, the, the existence of pride is the end goal, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's just Google did a great thing that year, but also didn't continue it. And they, they are not. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Um, similar virtual reality can provide safe spaces for LGBT people. They can create real time social interactions. They can, foster safe and inclusive environments they can uh and i wrote down especially trans people it can create a sense of gender euphoria so so got that um yeah it's another place to immerse yourself in and create the spaces that you need and uh, you know just like when you go into real life spaces that you know you're included and you know a, a gay bar or lgbt coffee shop or whatever, whatever it is, or, you know, conference or or whatever, there is like a weight that is lifted knowing this is designed and protected and, and a place for me. I don't, uh, the idea of being worried about being gay, like I I just, you just get to lift that from your, from your mind and, and be a person there. Pretty magical. Yeah. And then especially because of, you know, LGBT people are more likely to have um, issues with mental health or other things. The a venue for creativity, a, a place to build self-esteem, anything. Uh, well, that's not specific to LGBT people. Any um, anything that can help foster, um, you know, your your creativity. It's a place where people go to build things, create things, experience things. You can also, you know, men- you mentioned some therapeutic ways, but other places to build your sense of self-esteem and self-worth. Um, mm-hmm. through a mm-hmm. through a safe channel. Um, those are some of the things that they talked about. Any other good things that LGBT people could could get out of virtual reality? Um, Porn, you know, that's great. We love it. Love to see it. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, you already mentioned like the having queer spaces, but I think it also it also lends itself to niche spaces. Like I imagine mm. that a lot of pups and furries and the leather community and like they're once it's not just your physical community, like the city that you live in, and it has to be of, of enough of a size that there's people that are representing those those niches that the Internet's fucking everywhere, man. It's like mm. the whole goddamn planet. And so it's such a larger population that it's probably easier to find, engage with, learn about, feel safety in, you know, more more sort of niche um interests yeah. so that yeah that make, uh, that's so true like you you've talked a lot about the lesbian bar project project how lesbian bars have been on the decline and if if there aren't if, if lesbian bars like one of the biggest subsets of the community then you get down to like asexual people represent like a per one percent of the population or you know you can get even more specific two-spirit intersex all these groups that are part of the lgbt umbrella but like if we don't have enough places for lesbians to go we're not gonna have places for even yeah. smaller communities like that yeah that i i completely agree i think yeah we uh straight people forget uh, you know, why do you need a safe space? Like, oh, you're also touchy. Why do you need your own space? Why do you need a safe space? You're so, I don't know. They, I think people associate that with weakness, uh, but I think they don't realize um, how how uh, how important and validating uh, it is to be in a place where you just don't have to worry about is anyone going to like yell at me or attack me or yeah. hate me. Also, blow it out your ass, straight people. Fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look at your ass. Now blow it out of it. Great. Um, I'm, we're going to blow your asses. <laughs> um, uh, some of the cons. There is privacy. Uh, just yeah. like anything online. Uh, but uh, even even more so with VR because it may need your fingerprint. It may get your face. It may get eyes. Like uh, there, there may be even more uh, kind of identifying information that it could be gathering. It could be gathering your speech, uh, your actual like verbal like speech out loud. It could be recording yeah. that. could be recording your activity in history. Um, so something like uh, a hack of your data anything any kind of data hack or or anything that reveals lgbt people or, or any kind of hack is more risky for lgbt people especially in countries or communities where it is not accepted you know you risk your job your you know your community your family all of those things could be at risk you t you talked about if someone's like in high school and using vr as a way to experiment with gender like i don't know if there's some kind of parental shit on there or yeah. your parents somehow figure it out or you know yeah, i don't yeah, know yeah. how vr works like you leave it on and they put it on and it's like wait yeah the, yeah 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 for sure it can be it can be uh it can be risky yeah yeah for sure also there is the risk of harassment and abuse um, everywhere everywhere fuckers. yeah fuckers are um, everywhere kyle they are um we know that uh social media is particularly bad place for lgbt people video games uh, you know have so much sexism and homophobia just even i saw something that was like a third of men have been called a homophobic name so it's not just gay people that get attacked yep. like uh, it, everyone suffers because yep. of bullying and abuse that happens and so yeah could be could be uh i think because people sometimes get emboldened by the idea that they feel like, Oh, this isn't real. Like I was saying before, like you're a real person and you have real experiences in this. I think other people 
get to just be their shittiest versions of themselves because they don't think it's real or I don't know. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and inclusivity, you know, the hopefully the idea is that you have the whole world of possibilities for um, your avatar, for who you are, what you create, but, you know, companies then have to allow and enable that what you know what body types what genders what what thing what activities are possible in there what what are you allowed to do all of those someone has to be thinking of lgbt experiences and and enabling some of those so it's not just you get to be a you know either you know a, a male or female or you have to conform to you know whatever they scan on your body or yeah yeah you know the the I just think of the Sims when I think of like, you know, you could at what are someone had to code in there. You have to let LGBT people do like gay shit. Yeah. <laughs> like right. Someone, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, someone has to think about that and, and know to let people do things that may be beyond their own experiences. So what, um, so I don't know, getting, uh, hopefully getting LGBT people to consult and, and, you know, other minority groups to consult and, and, help ensure the experience of VR is um, accessible to everyone is, is important. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. What else could be bad about VR for, for gays? Um, I was wondering if it's addicting, like, like mm. if, if, if uh, I, I two sort of related thoughts, one was like, you know, gay people do a lot of drugs and like a mm. lot of that is because of you know, like emotional stuff and, and trying to just cope with, the fucking awful society that we live in. And I wonder if they get hooked on video games and being in a virtual environment. And, uh, and, and, and that could be why, and I don't have any data. It's just a, a, a guess, but, yeah. but the, a, a similar thing is like, if you're, if you're in there participating in a queer community, you're not out here in the real world, participating in a queer community and, and helping visibility and helping move the community forward and creating a, creating a, a a a real place for people to to belong i don't know like 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 you mentioned the lesbian bar project that's because lesbian bars are disappearing and why are they disappearing is because people aren't going to them like yeah. are they are, so are people spending time in a in a vr place or will they spend time in a vr place instead of like actual reality act up fight aids that's a that's a quote from rent <laughs> <laughs> And now the second half of this is Mike just singing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it, uh, that's probably like, that's part of the overall challenges of digital anyway, uh, that, you know, will VR contribute to and, and um, you know, there, there's probably value in being visible in both places. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, I wonder if, I wonder if this makes less people out in, uh, in person if yeah. they have the option to be. Hmm. Yeah. Well, so speaking of singing, ever since mm -hmm. we d decided that we were going to do this uh, as, as the topic, we didn't decide the voters decided. Um, I've been, I've been singing. Um, Virtual insanity is what we're living in. I can't stop singing it. So then I was like, Jamiroquai, he can dance. That hat's not, not gay. Is Jamiroquai gay? <laughs> So then I kind of, I kind of like, I read a little bit about Jamiroquai. And okay. So it turns out that he's not gay. And okay. in fact, maybe kind of problematic because <gasps> he has talked about his, like his religious conservative um, lifestyle roots. So then you go, go a little bit further. I couldn't find anybody related to Jamiroquai that was, that was, that was gay at all. But 
I'm taking you on a journey, Kyle. Strap okay, in. I'm, I, like, I'm ready. Strap, strap on, strap in. Strap on. Um, so then, do you remember the QAnon shaman Viking that was part of the January 6th Capitol riots? Yep. Yep. Do you All remember? The were, like, thirsting after him, and then it was like this weird whole thing of like, don't, let's pick someone better. Well, somebody posted a side by side of him and JK, the lead singer of Jamiroquai, trying <laughs> to start the rumor that they were the same person. And uh, JK uh, is 51 and then had to post a video to Twitter adopting a Southern American accent to say, I am not Jake Angeli, who is 32. And that's the name of the guy that actually was the the QAnon shaman Viking. And um, he said, uh, quote, good morning, world. Now, some of you may be thinking you saw me in Washington last night, but I'm afraid I wasn't with all those freaks. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then wrote in the in the description um uh, good morning washington loving the headgear but not sure that's my crowd stay safe everyone so then that got me thinking and on this whole thing about uh jake um he has two last names which is so confusing he's either jake angeli or jake chansley apparently he has like more than one name but the mm. viking dude and and this back and forth that happened in the queer community about him and thirsting after him mm-hmm. and then this backlash of shame of can we please not thirst and sexualize the, the thirst for and sexualize this this clearly awful person yeah i forget did we talk about that on the show do you remember yeah yeah Is yeah, it, yeah. and i don't remember what your views were at the time you're you're like oh i i i clearly remember this because it was like i i, I I, this show makes me think a lot, which is one of the most annoying parts of the show. But um, yeah. you mean our show? Yeah. You talk about, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Great. <laughs> I think. Wait. Our show makes you think. <laughs> what part of our show makes you think? Um, I have to like think how I feel about things and think what I want to say about things. And it's thinking someone is attractive. Yeah. That's that's a natural thing that happens. I, I I don't decide who I think is attractive. It happens, and that's a whole thing about part of being gay is I'm not picking. Oh, this I want this person to be hot, so they are. So that he can be attractive, and at the same time, we don't have to glorify and post and tell everyone and talk about how hot he is. Like yeah. that's the part. That's kind of where I draw the line of people that were then like, "Ooh, look at this dude," and it, it kind of a little bit normalizes or, or when someone's hot they can get away with more and to like start to normalize or, or talk about the good or attractive qualities about someone who tried to overthrow our government is like there's so many hot people let's pick someone else and then that's why i felt guilty when i was talking about how hot what's his shitbag head is um uh ben shapiro and then oh, i was God. like but i literally just like was talking about like don't talk about how hot dumb fucks are so i you know that that's yeah. that's one of the reasons I felt shitty about even talking about that is because I had said before don't don't talk about how attractive the Viking dude is. So where um I, I, there's a medium.com article that was called uh, "Dear Twitter Gays, Please Stop Thirsting After Deplorable People." Yeah, and basically reiterates all all of those things that you're talking about. Brings up specifically Madison Cawthorn mm-hmm. and um uh the uh. Uh, the the other congressman, the other hot one, who's oh Aaron Shock, Aaron Shock, and and I get that, and I feel that, but then also there's an article that is 
I lost the link. I emailed it to myself and it didn't, it didn't come through. Anyway, another medium.com article that, that was, that was the, the, the title was basically like, dear Twitter gays, stop telling me who to be attracted to. <laughs> and I, I think I, I thought it was a really interesting sort of uh, tit for tat. We don't, but, go ahead. Uh, you mean a dick for Dak? A dick for Dak. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, that, and that's the, the distinction I'm trying to make. Like, I'm not going to tell you who to be attracted to. You're attracted to who you are. That's that's not something you're controlling actively. But you do decide what you post, who you promote, who you prioritize, who you value. And especially someone who has a platform, like there's so many hot people that are okay. It's not like we're at a loss for hot people to post about. So we yeah. got to post about it. There's so many hot people you could be writing and posting about. So it's not yeah. who you it's not telling you who to be attracted to it's telling you who to promote and glorify. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. So to bring it back to our actual topic today, which I, I was wondering if we at, were going to do that. I had I wasn't worried about it, but here my, here we are. My question for you, Kyle, is uh-huh. would it be okay to fuck Jake Angeli the QAnon shaman in a virtual reality porn? <gasps> Yeah, I, I, I want to talk about the ethics of that, right? Like in a world where a virtual reality experience is more immersive, we get better at it. It's like the holodeck on Star Trek. You can actually like <laughs> fuck, but like feel, see, hear the experience of fucking someone. Should it, should it be okay to fuck a deplorable person in a virtual environment? Yes. Yeah. Next you, segment. You, you um, seem you seem un, like that was reluctant. Does that make you oh, uncomfortable to say? No. Oh no. I think you should. I didn't. I didn't think I sounded reluctant. I thought I sounded way too confident for the uh, complexity of the issue. Um. I. And I, I was reading stuff that's you know, you can ask this about deplorable people. You can. There's another article that I think we'll talk a little bit more about that had ethical questions um, in the Patreon, but it's like. You could create a simulation of your ex. You could create. There are a lot of things you could create that seem a little bit unethical. Um, I think who you are, if you can construct someone that looks exactly like Madison Cawthorn and you fuck them in your dream or in your dream. (laughs) What is virtual reality but a dream brought to life? I, I think that's part of the problem that the, 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 the dreams feel otherworldly and something that we can't help. So that somehow justifies what happens in them. Right. Well, I mean, what's the, I think the, the distinction is what I do with my own time. I'm, I construct this thing. I pretend to have sex with them. I, I don't know. I don't see any like downside or harm to that. It's if I release a video that contains his likeness, I think there are people that do that right now with the face thing, you know, like that, that create videos that look like someone else is having sex. And we can, now we can make them very realistic. I've seen a lot of, I've seen several videos that it really does look like Justin Bieber's getting railed by a 10 inch dick. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was, uh, you know, for research purposes. Yep, right. um, <laughs> and like, the the posting publicly of something or allowing other people or making it look like it's real or, or giving other people access to that is different than just if I'm privately creating an image that looks like him. I, I don't, I don't know. I right now don't see the, the harm in that. Okay. What do you think? 
Um, well, I don't know. I was just going to grill you on your moral. <laughs> no, you got to you got to jump in on this too. I mean, I think I think uh I don't think it is a victimless crime to create without consent a likeness of someone else in a virtual environment for the purposes of sexual gratification. Like I I I think I think that like it, it, once you've once you've done that there is the possibility of it being leaked. Um, you know, the internet is, is, is everywhere and always. And I, I think that that's, if, if that person doesn't want to be your virtual sex doll, I, I think that they probably shouldn't have to be. Um, I mean, uh, what about like drawing nude pictures of, Aaron Shocker, Madison Cawthorn of the Viking, like, great, and great, just great for question. yourself, like, well, so, it, so, and then that's, that's the next stage of the argument, right? Like then, then if you, if you move on and talk about like the moral ethical value of the person, does a deplorable person, is it okay for them to be the object of this thing that you're doing? Um, I have less problems with that. Mm-hmm. Like to, to, to me, to me, the issue would not be that you like, made the hot QAnon on Viking and had sex with him, it would be that he wouldn't want you to do that. And that he has some intangible, I can't put my finger on it right to his likeness or his even a virtual version of himself as sort of, sort of violating or something. Hmm. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think that this is like a, 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 a thing that we have figured out as a society. We don't really have good answers for a lot of these things. And as, as virtual reality gets better, and more realistic, I think it's going to get even more difficult to sort of sort these things out. So is it, I mean, I'm trying to think, you know, the, the steps on the way you imagine whoever you want, like someone may not want you to imagine them at all. Like someone may not want to be a sexual image in your imagination. Or when you talk to friends, you talk about a person, Sean Mendes doesn't want us to say he's gay. We keep saying that, but like, he yeah. he gets uncomfortable by that. So is it okay to talk to people about him being gay or imagine yourself fucking him? Like the uh, I, there are people, there are a lot of things that people want and don't want. But I I think if you created or did something just for yourself, like imagine, like and I get the difference between like in your head versus like creating a physical like, but drawing an image of Shawn Mendes naked just for your own consumption or creating a virtual version that is just for your own consumption. If someone else, if that gets leaked, you know, you're talking about the the risk, the danger of it being leaked. Like, yeah, but then, but you didn't do that. If you're creating it for yourself and someone else steals it or you get hacked and someone takes that, like you didn't do that. You created something just for yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I feel okay about you having fantasies and doing things that are just for yourself and not, uh, and, and and it's when it become it's when you, either you make them public, you talk about them publicly, you um, yeah, if someone were to hack and steal it and then put those publicly, like that's the that's the person who's doing the bad thing. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I have this. I can't quite put my finger on it, but there's like something about the realness of it that is that that affects it, right? Like. Like if I just if I just cut a hole in a pillow and put a print out of Sean Mendez's face on it, then fuck it. I like that seems different than a fully realized and constructed like virtually real 
model like it feels like i don't know i don't know what i'm trying to say kyle it just seems like no i get i understand what you're saying but i also yeah i don't know and for the record everyone can jerk off to me as much as they want to i don't care so go for it (laughs) wow all right here comes the fan art yeah spell comes (laughs) um uh did we do it we we man whenever you ask this question i always feel this intense pressure of like n- i mean i don't know i don't know yeah, Mike. I, mean, talk, I don't know we either to, well <laughs> yeah i don't know we talked about some stuff and yeah some of it was gay some of it wasn't and some that's, of it was virtual reality then that's life yeah so you you want like you would take a virtual break open the virtual fridge and eat some virtual leftovers yeah, and then fuck Sean Mendes. <laughs> great, great, great. Madison Cawthorn, but like his face on the Viking's body. No, I don't know. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll work on it. <laughs> no, we won't. No, we won't. We don't. We we are we are closing the book on that. <laughs> All right, should we take a break? Let's take a break. Let's take a break. This is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. Are you ready then? Um. Yeah. Wait, let me find my page. Oh, oh, it was right there. Okay. All right. Yes. So are you ready? Yeah. Are we back? We're back. We're back. Uh, we are going to do our gayest and straightest. We're going to do our gayest and straightest. But first, everybody, momsplaining, I want you to please send in your questions for her. And uh, just to remind everybody, I think we said it last week. I forget. Time is weird. Uh, if you submit a question and we use it for momsplaining, we'll get you that episode for free. So don't let the fact that you're not on Patreon deter you from asking her advice. Uh, and yeah, the the May episode is uh, is coming out shortly. Yeah. Our website is gayishpodcast.com. We are on social media at gayishpodcast. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, at all. Our hotline, you can send us text messages or leave us voicemails, especially for momsplaining, is 5855-GAYISH. That's 585-542-9474. Standard rate supply. Our email is gayishpodcast at gmail.com. You can also send a a voice recording there if you'd prefer. Yeah. And our physical mailing address is Post Office Box 19882, Seattle, Washington, 98109. Before we do our gays at Dreyus, Kyle, I mm-hmm. committed to doing a local gay bar review to all these oh, yeah. random ass places that I'm visiting. And last week I was in San Francisco, California, and <gasps> I went to the Moby Dick. And <laughs> the 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 Moby Dick is magical. First of all, I ran into a bunch of chicks with British accents that work for Pinterest, and it was it, that oh. was that was great. I got to be real gay for them. Uh, I think they're my new best friends. They probably fucking loved it. Yeah, yeah. This place is like, it is very divey. There's a lot of like, it's a big wooden bar. And, um, you know, it just has a lot of like character. Like it's been there for a really long time. As Plenty a giant, of wood to sit on. Yes. Yeah. As a as a giant ass uh, aquarium over the bar, which just seems excessive and unnecessary. But there it is. So um, our case. Yeah, and uh, and uh, uh, we we spilled beer on the floor on accident, so then we got mm. nervous and we left. But um, <laughs> uh, but it, it was really great. I really I really enjoyed I really enjoyed that space, and I, I think the name is hilarious. And uh, that was my that was my San Francisco bar. I forget. Are you rating it on a on a scale of anything or or yes? I recommend. The, 
I give the I give the Moby Dick uh, uh, a a B plus. Cool. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to change the scale every week. Next week I'm going to rate it in dildos. I don't okay, know. Per- perfect. <laughs> uh, it's time for a gay straightest. Gay straightest sponsored by Spaces, a new group chat app for niche queer communities by Hornet. Uh, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, right. My uh, gayest is I've not done this in, in quite a while. Uh, I was at a gay bar. I was sitting down. I was having one last drink and just sitting there by myself and just started talking to a rando dude. Um, <gasps> just like, look no. at you. I mean, yeah, not that exciting. But I mean, like the idea of just another gay there and just chatting with another gay was not like for sexy or anything. It was just like chatting with a, a random gay person at a gay bar. Hmm. Um, that's fun. Um, my straightest is I have been uh, wearing, the weather's warmer. I've been wearing skirts. I, I've been practicing with heels since I'm going to wear some heels at the uh, the red carpet at the CyberSocket Awards. So I've been yeah. I've been wearing, wearing my kind of... Um, more femme stuff lately and so the other day i was walking around with a skirt and some flats and i just farted and, and i looked around to make sure but like farting in a skirt made me feel real straight it's like i may be wearing this but look <laughs> here's what needs to happen i farting in a skirt has got to be like the title of something <laughs> right yeah my experimental punk bands yeah <laughs> well uh the gayest thing about me this week is also it's been getting warmer uh lately related uh 60 degrees equals tank tops i just mm-hmm. i've been i've been like i know i know 60 degrees is considered just cold af in most of the country but here in seattle that's tank top weather baby <laughs> um and and mine, I, I like I've got a good little collection of gay ass tank tops going now, which I'm pretty excited about. Uh, and then the straightest thing about me this week, I was in San Francisco for a team meeting, and one of my teammates kind of pulled me aside and went, "Did I hear you say you were married to a lady?" <laughs> <laughs> so we bonded over our lady divorces. It was, yeah, um, and uh, it, it felt very, it felt very, very straight. Um, Sweet. Our listeners, Gay Sestratus, this week comes to us from our Discord. It's from Flax, straightest. Noticing the skid plate was hanging under my car while on a road trip and having the tools and being able to take it off at a gas station. And gayest, making sure I didn't mess up my hair or clothes while I did it. (laughs) (laughs) I just got my nails done. So now, like, yeah, uh, being real careful with with that. Well, your nails look good, girl. Oh, thank you. They match the skirt I'm going to wear for the red carpet, too. They sure do. I'm so nervous. And by the time this episode drops, we will know if we have one or not. So yeah, yeah. And we will know if I fell down on the runway runway. It's not a runway. Anyway. um, Yeah. So uh, if you want to join me on spaces, you can download it, uh, search the iOS app store for Hornet spaces or queer spaces. Uh, We got a really big group there. One of the biggest on spaces. So come join us, hang out, chat with me and be friends. They're, They're a great group that support us and sponsor us. So we appreciate them and everyone who joins. Well, that is it. A special thank you to, I don't know, Jamiroquai. Sure. <laughs> Potentially homophobic Jamiroquai. Thanks. <laughs> That's fine. Um, I would like to thank the following non-homophobic people. Our Super Cat Bridgers, who have uh, are a, have been a $50-plus uh, supporter uh, for uh, a year or more. Thank you to Harry Shaw. <gasps> Hi, new person to the list. Uh, Josh Copeland, Forrest Nail, Patrick Martin, Anonymous, 
James Barrett, Steve Douglas, Explosives, Lonnie, Christopher Farrell, Jamie Pugh, Kevin Henderson, Tibbs and Stumbles, Donald Lidsky, Thomas B., Dusty Sands, A.E. Coleman, Chris Kajatorian, Jerome York, and Cian and Javi. Thank you to all of our super Gap Bridgers. Thank you as always. This has been Gayish from the Chris Kajatorian Studios. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be butch, be fabulous, be you. See ya. God, I just finished editing and usually I have an Easter egg that I've grabbed from something I've cut and I don't have one this time and I should have one. Uh, so uh, I'm recording this now and here's what you get to hear right now. It's me, Kyle. I host the, I host the show also with Mike. He's not here. Um, uh, okay. Hello. <laughs> Bye.